Good morning. It is Tuesday, May 26th at 9 a.m. And this is Community Pulse, your local report on the coronavirus pandemic in mid-Missouri. You can catch Community Pulse Monday through Thursday at 9 a.m. on KOPN. And all episodes can be found online at KOPN.org and on our Facebook page. Today on Community Pulse, Dr. Elizabeth Alleman, local family physician and host of Your Health Matters, will discuss a variety of topics that have popped up over the long weekend. Vaccines in development, Ozarks making national news, and new testing opportunities in Columbia. Good morning, Elizabeth. Good morning, Mallory. Thanks so much for uh, hosting uh, me again this morning. Of course. I have had a very refreshing uh, uh, time of a break of this as my morning routine, but I'm happy to get back to it. <laughs> First, some numbers uh, worldwide uh, 5,617,000 documented cases uh, with 349,000 deaths. Uh, with uh, 2,000, uh, 2 million people recovered. In the United States, we have 1,698,000 uh, documented cases, and we are hovering on the 100,000 deaths, 99,470. Um, and <clears throat> using uh, data from Matthew Holloway, all of our data today is is got a lag because very few agencies reported anything over the weekend. So I'm thinking that we may get a little bit of a bump tomorrow. That may just be about delays. So we're up to 12,457 um, cases in Missouri with 697 deaths. We're still um, at, we're at 122 cases in Boone County with still just the one death. We're starting to see um, some deaths reported in Buchanan County and the St. Joseph area, just the one death, and then some also down in the Boot Heel. Those um, areas are starting to finally report some deaths, which uh, is a tragedy. Um, I, we have been watching... Um, uh, one of the challenges in statistics over the last week or so is the realization that the Centers for Disease Control and the Missouri Department of Health were including antibody testing in their number of tests reported. Um, and the thing is that even if somebody, re I'm not sure what they're doing with positive reports, so remi reminding you that an antibody test is a test for has your body seen the virus? Um, those tests are pretty accurate. They're both sensitive and specific, and but they don't tell you what's happening right now. They tell you what has happened in the past. We are hoping that antibody, positive antibody tests will will indicate some sort of immunity, and the more data seems to be pointing that direction. But you know, we're always very careful about telling people they can confidently count on that as a way to be sure they can't get the disease. So we're beginning to see that that may be true. But the problem with reporting that in the same bucket as the nasal swabs, which tell you whether the virus is present in your nose right now, is that um, we're expecting most of the antibody tests to be, to be negative. And one of the indicators about reopening is a high negative test result rate. So we, what we want to do is be doing so many tests that most of the tests we do are negative. Negative meaning we're not finding it. So that we want to have 10%, some people are saying closer to 3 to 1% of the tests we do would be finding actual cases. And that would mean that um, we would be doing enough tests that we were um, catching um, all the cases and able to do 
hopefully able to do um, contact tracing. So um, the, there's been some sort of mixed messaging about what Missouri is doing, but I think the Missouri has been lumping those all together and now is going to begin to report those separately. So we'll see what that happens. Um, yeah. So to talk about um, vaccinations in development, I just think this is just fascinating to watch how this happens. I have not really watched a vaccine be developed before, like been so focused on um, what is happening. So um, let's see, I'm trying to look to see where I, okay, there that is. So one of the big promising areas, the organizations that was developing a vaccine was at Oxford University that they have a, I'm trying to remember what the name of it is. They named their vaccine development um, uh, program after Dr. Jenner, um, who is a leader in vaccination development uh, as a philosophy. And they were doing this as a non-for-profit uh, basis, um, coordinating with um, uh, NGOs around the world and with the idea that whatever vaccine was developed would be available without um, a profit motive. Sadly, their initial results are not as exciting as we would have expected. So they started out in animal research, which we can debate about whether that's a good thing to do or not, but it has been done, so we should talk about what happened. Um, they vaccinated rhesus monkeys, and um, then they and so they vaccinated some, and they did not vaccinate some other rhesus monkeys. They watched those monkeys that were vaccinated develop antibodies. The non-vaccinated ones did not. And then they actually put the SARS-CoV-2 virus into the noses of all of the monkeys, and they all got sick. We think that it's maybe that the ones who were vaccinated got a little bit less sick, but that is not really obvious, and they had to kind of it seemed like they were looking for good news. Um, so this is not as good a news as we would have hoped from this um, promising vaccination. And um, not to try to step into a politically challenging conversation, often the conversation about vaccination comes down to these two camps of vaccines cause autism or just vaccinate your damn kids. And there is this really much more nuanced um, place of looking at how vaccinations are developed. And if you were have been curious about why people have been skeptical about vaccinations, you might watch the development of vaccinations. So the Oxford folks are going to continue on and they are going to use this vaccine to inject it into humans, even though the initial stuff in the rhesus monkeys was pretty disappointing. So that is going to be an interesting thing to watch. I'm hoping that humans do something um, uh, way better and more promising than, um, than what, the, uh, um, what happened in monkeys. So let's see. Then China is developing a vaccination and a vaccine and they have actually begun to do human trials and um, let's see, I'm sorry, I'm reviewing this. Anyway, so they've just been injected, the human trials have just started with, actually it's in Moderna, so the headquartered in Cambridge, but I think that 
oh no, they're doing a. I can't remember where they're doing it, but they're injecting this, and um, so the injections are beginning, and um, uh, people about half of the participants reported fever, fatigue, headaches, and about one in five had muscle pain. So um, these are a little bit concerning signs about a an inflammatory response to a vaccine. So the ideal vaccine would be one that you could give and that people would have no side effects at all from the vaccination, that there would be no risk to the vaccination. It would protect you 100% from the disease and um, the protection would be lifelong. And we all recognize that no vaccine meets all those criteria, but when, when half of people get a fever from it, that is a concerning sign, and we're just going to have to watch some more. Um, so that was what I want to say about that. Um, many people who, who are on... Um, who are on social media had noticed that um, Missouri made international news because there was a large outdoor pool party at a bar in Lake of the Ozarks. And um, somebody filmed it, and it appeared that people were not social distancing. And um, that is concerning that people are doing those things. It's also true that we're only going to really be able to know what happens when people do things outside. And if we do a lot of public shaming, we're, what we're going to do is we're not going to stop these things from happening. We'll probably just drive them inside. At least that's what I'm concerned about. And what we know is that all of that activity is much higher risk inside than outside. I'm not saying there isn't a big risk to it outside, and we are going to find out. So we've done a large um, unintentional experiment at the Lake of the Ozarks, and um we're going to find out what's going on. Uh, what what reassures me is that most people still think that that kind of congregating is a bad idea, and so most of us aren't doing it. Most of us had Memorial Day weekends that were very different than what we've done in the past, and I think that if what we're trying to do is flatten the curve so that we do not overwhelm the healthcare system, which is what I have always, I keep having to remind myself that's what we're about here, then most of us not doing those things is what needs to happen. Um, ideally, none of us would be doing those things, but I think that that is um, overly optimistic. Mm-hmm. So, and yeah, go ahead. I just would would imagine too, with kind of some of the public shaming that I've seen going on, um, it might lead people to not report symptoms or I don't know, just change the way that they kind of respond. Obviously, that's all conjecture, but. Um, it is, but it's a great point. I hadn't thought about that. I think that the more we are um, forgiving and um, not, not even forgiving, the more we're open-hearted and compassionate. That seems to be the way healthcare works the best. So that's what I'm still hanging to. And so if you um, participated in some uh, debauchery and you um, would like to get tested, you can call me and there's a no-shame testing happening at my hmm. office. Um yeah, that doesn't mean we won't talk about it. It's not that I won't uh, attempt to draw, you know, connect the dots, but um, hopefully in a way that's about um, holding people up rather than putting them down. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'm realizing I sent you another study that I've seen people posting on um, Facebook or on social media, hoping that it means more than what I think it does. And that is somebody did background t- testing of 455 contacts from a single asymptomatic carrier. So this was a person who was admitted to a hospital 
And then within the emergency room, the emergency department, they had to think had an extended care COVID ward there or some, something. And then within the inpatient unit and then went back out to the ward. So ended up uh, being exposed, exposing a significant number of healthcare workers and other patients. And that person tested COVID positive repeatedly, even though they had no symptoms. Hmm. And none of that person's contacts ended up. Um, with a positive test. And so this is some promising sense that maybe not all asymptomatic carriers are actually transmitting the virus. I think many people are thinking that it's really 455 asymptomatic people, but no, it's 455 contacts of one particular asymptomatic person. So really all it means is that person did not seem to be shedding enough virus to infect other people, even with a lot of contact. And that is promising, and I am hoping that that will end up being a universal quality of all asymptomatic people, but I don't think we can say that yet. Hmm. So, um, and then the last thing I want to say is that we in Missouri, in Columbia, uh, June 1st and 2nd, they're going to, the health, the health department is going to be offering free, uh, no physician order needed, um, uh, COVID-19 uh, testing. So this is the PCR test that requires the swab at the nose, and it just tells you whether you have virus in your nose detectable by this test at that moment. 7 a.m. to 7 p.m., Hickman High School parking lot. You need to t- make an appointment, but you do not need a doctor's order. And this is many times we've been saying, oh, testing is limited. Don't, don't come get tested right now. We're just testing these people. No. Nope. Everybody who thinks that they who would be willing to have them, their nose swabbed and willing to have this information known about them, sure. I am encouraging everybody to sign up because the more people we get tested, it would break my heart to have the community not fully lean forward into this and have the health department feel like, oh, people don't really want to get tested. So I'm hoping that this will be, you know, very, people will be excited about it. They will all get full up. And the health department will know that, woo, whenever we want to test people in Columbia, we, we can do that. Mm-hmm. So, um, and that I'm hoping that there'll be incentive for them to do more of it. So, do you um, have, go ahead. go ahead. Do you have any um, indications if this, are these events happening all around the state and all around the country now? Or is Columbia, is this kind of like a special, a special thing that we have going on now? I am going to guess that this is something that's happening with coordination between uh, the state of Missouri, the Department of Health and Senior Services, and the local health department. Mm -hmm. And the city of Columbia is assisting it. So I think that these are um, people, I imagine that there were um, hundreds of hours of meetings behind everybody getting on board with, yes, this is where the money is coming from, this is where the tests are coming from, mm-hmm. this is where we're going to do it, and it's, they're, they're going to be doing it in other places as well. And um, I know that there are other places around Boone County, and I didn't notice where else it is, but there may be other places in the state that this is happening. And the only requirement is that you live in Missouri. Anyone in Missouri and do drive through testing. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Awesome. And this is a great time to do this because um, gyms, bars, and movie theaters um, open today. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yep. It's good to know whether you've got this. 
Again, all it tells you is whether you were shedding the virus in a detectable way from your nose on that day and that moment, and you could get exposed to that next moment, or you could have been exposed and be incubating the virus, and it would you know, show up the next moment. But it's helpful information. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and as we were reading about some of these topics, I I noted that there was a Pew Research Center poll, I think published in early May, that said two-thirds of Americans are concerned about their respective states being reopened too quickly. Um, You know, and and here we are on the eve of, of, or I guess it's today, like you said, everything, you know, really kind of getting back into the swing of things. Um, so this testing might be a good way for, for just people to kind of track as, as things are going on, you know, as things are opening, what's, what are the, what are the consequences of that? Right. Um, yeah. And so in the meantime, uh, people who are taking this seriously and feeling civic minded and have the capacity and the privilege to be able to do so should continue to be careful about who they're around and, um, absolutely should, um, stay home and self-isolate even more than we're all doing if they have symptoms of COVID-19, which is cough, shortness of breath, fever, fatigue, sudden loss of smell or taste, and any intestinal symptoms, nausea, vomiting, diarrhea, abdominal pain. Um, so yeah, if you're feeling like you got something, you might have this. You probably don't in central Missouri right now, but um, we should act as if we do so that we're not spreading it. Mm-hmm. And then my only other question, Dr. Alleman, is have you heard anything, any resources for folks who don't have cars um, for this testing event? Or, I mean, really, there are so many things that have been turned into drive-through events. And um, right. have you heard of anything, any alternatives? No, but that's a great question. And I will have a report on that on Thursday morning and awesome. if I can get it to Jenny for tomorrow, because those are great questions and I'm guessing there's an answer of the people who are actually doing the swabs of what happens if somebody walks up instead of drives up. Mm -hmm. The main thing when we say about drive up is we don't want people standing in lines close to each other and we're not asking people to get into a building. So this is a way to kind of do things out of doors. Um, So I'm I'm sure that somebody has the answer to that. I'm going to find it out. Thanks for asking. Yeah. Thank you. All right. Anything else for today? Nothing else for today, uh, unless something else really um, catches my attention. I am going to do an update on um, therapeutics, so drugs that we're thinking about for COVID-19. So there's been some new information about uh, the results of studies on hydroxychloroquine, remdesivir. Uh, Folks are talking about ivermectin, which is used to worm uh, animals. Um, Yeah, so we'll be talking about those. Cuba says that they've figured out something, um, Madagascar says they have the cure. So we'll see what um, people are doing and whether any of that is something that's applicable right now. Great. Sounds yeah. good. All right. So All that'll, right. Be, that'll be on Thursday, right? On Thursday. Tomorrow is Jenny. And Mallory, do you remember what she said? She, oh, she's going to have um, somebody from Columbia Public Schools uh, to talk about their summer program yep. tomorrow. Yep. The superintendent. Yeah, great. Yeah. And um, and she'll have someone on from the Sewing with Safety group, I believe, just to give an update on mask making. And um, I think they'll talk a little bit about supply and demand and that kind of form of community engagement and participation. 
these are these are important things for us to know as a community. Thank you so much for your part in making this possible, Mallory. And to everyone who's listening, please stay well. Thanks to you, Elizabeth. Have a great day. Thanks, bye. That's it for today's edition of Community Pulse. You can catch Community Pulse Monday through Thursday at 9 a.m. and later in the day at kopn.org and on our Facebook page. As we mentioned, coming up tomorrow, guest host Jenny Chatwick will be joined by Columbia Public Schools superintendent to discuss CPS summer plans. And a member of Sewing with Safety will give an update on mask making and community engagement. As always, we would love to hear from you about your questions and topics of interest around COVID. Leave a message for us at 573-874-1139 or email gm at kopn.org. Stay tuned for an abridged version of Background Briefing up next. Thanks for tuning in to KOPN 89.5, your community radio station.